everybody. Welcome to All the WrestleManias podcast. I'm your co-host, Tim Hackman. And I'm your co-host, Rich Zigbald. We are always excited to be in the studio with you, and we are continuing our ambitious, some might say deranged, possibly quixotic, uh, march through the WrestleManias. We are up to number 27. That is two X's, a V, and two I's, if you're into the Romans. I would even say it's getting sadistic at this point. <laughs> it's It's a little rough. Um, this is from April 3rd, 2011, the Georgia Dome in Hotlanta, Georgia. Uh, attendance on this bad boy is 61,617. Pay-per-view buys just over a million at 1,059,000 with the tagline, the biggest WrestleMania ever, which I don't know. I don't think that's true on, on a number of, uh, on a number of like axes of evaluation. Is that not true? It's not even two nights yet. No, it's not two nights. It's not the biggest it's not the biggest crowd. It's not the biggest stadium. It's definitely not the biggest or best card. Uh, it's it's a it's a thing. The Rock looks like Pitbull on the on the poster. <laughs> like I'm I really thought like Pitbull was at this one until like they literally say The Rock on top of his picture so that you know that it's not Pitbull. It's not Pitbull. Yeah. Um, would you would you have preferred it to be Pitbull or I don't know. <laughs> Like, I would have preferred it to be an actual pit bull, I think. Yeah, I mean, dragging, just because, like, dragging the rock out, and later on in this show, they dragged Stone Cold out. It's like, hey, remember when we were good? Remember <laughs> when we were entertaining? Yeah. Those days are past, but look at these guys. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. It's a oh, little rough. But, yeah. Um, but we, we've put it in our name, all the WrestleManias, uh, so we're, we're sort of contractually obligated to uh, at least at least give it a whirl. I know I'm doing a bang-up job of selling this show before we get into it. You guys are wondering, just going to hit the fast forward <laughs> button. Like, like, can we just skip to the list of dead people at the end? That's that's maybe what people are thinking. I mean, it's, I got the, it's the best music of the episode, so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Rich is a composing genius. Um, so just a little quick preview of some all the WrestleMania stuff coming up. Uh, it's, it was, we've talked about on the show before, our big event with Virginia Championship Wrestling and the Old Dominion University Libraries. It's coming up June 3rd right here in Norfolk. Um, but that weekend, we're doing a fun panel with some VCW talent and some academics from ODU. It's going to be a blast. Uh, but as sort of a lead up to that, we're going to have uh, Mr. Excellence, Brandon Scott, uh, right here on the show. He's, he's kind of a big name in sort of indie wrestling. I'm, he's been around for about 17 years now, I believe. Um, yeah, and you might have recognized him uh, be, being used as enhancement talent on AEW, WWE. Uh, if you follow Maryland Championship Wrestling, he also frequently appears with them. Actually, he just was with, is going to be with them, I think, uh, this coming weekend. So uh, cool. he's all over the place. He's an action-packed guy. And if you haven't watched his stuff on YouTube, go go watch it. He's He is fascinating, uh, especially check out his match against the boar from just a couple months ago down in VCW. Uh, that is an excellent match for both of He's them. He's good, yeah. And uh, I'm excited to talk to him. Yeah, no, he's legit. Um, he's actually, uh, for the event on June 3rd, he's actually on the card to face the boar. He's the, the number one challenger uh, right now for the VCW Heavyweight Championship. So they're going to reprise their uh, grudge match from, from before. Um, so that should be highly entertaining. He's uh, fought uh, Nick Aldis uh, from 
NWA. I know you're a big Nick Aldis fan. Yeah, love that guy. Um, he was on AEW Dynamite just a week or two ago. I'm getting. Oh no, I'm sorry. That I apologize. That was I'm, Logan Larue. Right? That was Logan Larue, who also was going to be on yeah. the show, but not on our podcast. But maybe um, he was on facing Wardlow just a couple weeks ago, getting the shit power bombed out of him. But that's a different guy. So anyway, check that out. Should be out the week of uh, May 22nd, hopefully, kind of in the lead up to the. Uh, uh, VCW show it or do you so all right any other uh wrestling news we want to talk about oh uh, man I you've been out uh, of the loop yeah I, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> the toddler and uh work and now the legend of Zelda has gotten me a little off track of 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 watching the the wrestling business stuff but uh I am excited for like all the events that are coming up and I'm excited to see I I'm happy that AEW is selling so well in Wembley Stadium. Like yeah. I'm I'm so exhausted by the internet's going like the uh, WWE's better, AEW is better. Look at the ratings, blah blah blah. Look at the ad sales, look at the ticket sales. Blah. Enjoy wrestling. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Be happy that you have multiple options on multiple networks. Wrestling's almost on right now almost every night of the week. Yeah. Like be happy. And if you <laughs> and if you have Peacock at the cheapest level, you get to watch all the WWE premium live events. Like remember back in the day when you had to cough up thirty to fifty dollars a month to watch yeah. that? Now you don't. Can you imagine having to pay like forty five dollars to watch WrestleMania twenty seven? No two thousand eleven. <laughs> no. I would still be mad about it if it happened to me. I'm not sure if I paid for it or if a friend paid for it. It might have been one of those joint ventures where like uh-huh. everybody showed up and coughed up five bucks plus another five for pizza or something. But you still feel ripped off about it, though. A little bit. <laughs> so the other thing uh, I just uh, remember this coming weekend, uh, maybe probably after this episode comes out, is the uh, Tidewater Comic Con in Virginia Beach. And I'm going to go to that because, first of all, our good buddies Demolition are there. and We love them. Um, I'm going to harass them again, maybe, and get them to sign another one of our podcast business cards. Um, but also, Sergeant Slaughter is going to be there. So I'm kind of hyped for that. Um, yeah, try to get get some of them to agree to come on the show or find out how much Demolition charges to come on. So I feel like Demolition, at least one of them would definitely do it. Like, Yeah. I don't know if we can afford it. Well, you don't know until you ask. So that's true. That's true. Um, they might want money like in a suitcase, like just cash. Um, I'm not sure. So that, and maybe this is a good time to mention that we have a little, uh, account. If you like the show, you want to support, support us and maybe help us get demolition on the show. <laughs> no promises. Um, you can go to ko fi.com slash all the WrestleManias. That's a little site where you can, drop us the cost of a cup of coffee um we use it for uh you know equipment and hosting and if we ever store up a little bit um we'll use it for uh for getting guests on the show so so far the boar and uh and brandon have agreed to do it um, as part of the you know collaboration with vcw but i don't think we'll always be so lucky now and uh, hopefully in the next couple days I can get some stuff going on tpublic.com. So if you if you like our logos or anything like that or uh, have suggestions, we'll go ahead and slap it on a shirt for you, and you can pick that up on on there. If if I can get my act together, if I can put down the uh, the switch controller to uh, to do that, put the old Nintendo down, and um, 
Yeah, and I have one other thing just to mention is that this month our British listeners are outpacing our American listeners in downloads. And so I just want to shout out Pip Pip Cheerio. (laughs) They don't like that. They don't, yeah. they don't like that. Hello, Gabna. Thank you for downloading. Please keep tuning in. And uh, maybe if you cough up enough money into our Ko-Fi, <laughs> we'll fly to England and do a live show yeah, for live the show. few of you that are downloading over there. So yeah. uh, thank All you for 12. downloading. All 12 of you. Yeah. yeah, no, thanks a lot. It's fascinating to watch the stats and where they come in from. All come in from a, a variety of, of countries um, and states. And I think we had our first Argentina download oh, this week. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Hola. All right. I think that's all the news that's fit to print. Oh, one last one. Um, Sending thoughts out to uh, superstar Billy Graham and his family. Yes. He's not doing so well. He's on the life support. Um, he's a big, big superstar. We've seen him in some of these shows. Um, so we're thinking about him and, and, uh, sorry to hear that he's not doing so well. I don't know. That's a good segue. Cause I feel like it's just sort of insulting to, to superstar Billy Graham to talk about WrestleMania 27, but I guess we have to do it. It's, yeah. Let's uh, do it. Let's just, let's just rip into it. So the, the announcing team on this one is Josh Matthews, who you may or may not remember. I sort of half remembered. Um, Jerry Lawler, Michael Cole, who's in a glass box to keep him away from Lawler, who's going to beat him up later. And, of course, uh, Carlos and Hugo over on the Spanish announcing. It's Um, called the coal mine. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) That's where the writing is at this point, folks. The coal mine. It's fitting because I'd like to see him buried a mile below the surface of the earth. Yeah. Well, Carrie Hilson, who I also don't remember, sings America the Beautiful. She sounds all right, I guess. Yeah, she does all right. She only sings one verse, you know, no, you know. um, Patriot's Dream. Yeah, Aretha went two or three verses, I think, or two and a half, something like that. Uh, And then the the army guys at the beginning of the show, they're trying to do like, like, I guess, a WWE version of, like, the flag being stretched across the football field for the Super Bowl. But, like, they're just stretching across the bottom of the ramp, and it's just, like, eight <laughs> guys. And they're not doing a very good job of holding the flag either. Um, but, yeah. And just so you know out there, uh, displaying the flag like that is technically against flag code with military <laughs> and uh, federal law. But... It's unenforceable because of the Supreme Court and your freedom of speech. So, but uh, you shouldn't display the flag that way. <laughs> well, and they shouldn't have displayed it that way because they didn't have enough people on hand to do it right. But, no. <laughs> um, they introduced The Rock. The Rock is the host of this show. Um, is this the first one that's had an actual host? Did the last one have a host? I feel like. Uh, I think multiple WrestleManias have had a host at this point. It's just. He's the only one that's really taken the duty seriously and yeah. has shown up more than just like, hey, guys, don't forget, I'm here. <laughs> you guys remember yeah. me, right? Yeah. I'm, he I'm actually good. is involved and is probably the best part of the show. He is really good. Like, he cuts a promo on John Cena during his little opening shtick, and he's saying that uh, John Cena's backstage deciding which, quote, ruby, rainbow fruity pebbles colored shirt he's going to wear to wrestle tonight, to which the crowd then immediately starts chanting, of course, fruity pebbles. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> and he he takes a little breath there. He gets kind of so wrapped up in the moment and yeah. the applause. You can see it, it, like, gets to him a little bit, right? Yeah. 
And then then the camera catches the guy that spelled WrestleMania wrong on his sign. <laughs> it spelled WrestleMania. You put the I before the N. Good job. Good job. <laughs> now, I've made that typo before in some of our artwork, but I've fixed it before, you know, putting it out there. Well, if you're drawing on a poster board with a big uh, permanent marker, you know, once you've committed, it's, it's all yeah. over. <laughs> and you can, it's all over. You're not, you're not going to drop another dollar ninety nine at the Rite Aid to buy another one. That's so. just expensive. <laughs> and Cole is Cole is so over the top. He's like, he says, "This is literally what he says." He says, "This is the fabric of America. This is the epitome of pop culture. <laughs> yes. This is the pinnacle of sports entertainment. This is WrestleMania." And then they also they also hit that showcase of the immortals line as well. Like, um, it's getting all the all as the you'll men. as you'll note in the in, in the in memoriam section that happens. You are not immortal being on WrestleMania. <laughs> in fact, in fact, <laughs> that list is pretty long over the years that we've watched here. So. Yeah, it took seventeen minutes to get to the opening bell. For the first match in this show. And the opening match, well, let's back up one sec. There's two dark matches that we don't see. First of all, there's Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus for the WWE United States Championship in a lumberjack match. I don't know what the fuck that was all about. I would watch that over (laughs) half of this card. I don't yeah, how do I don't know how they even made it to that point and then decided to not put it on the actual show. Like what? And then there was also a battle royal who was uh, which was won by the great Kali who tossed Sheamus to win. Um the same Sheamus that was just in the previous match, I guess. I don't know. So And fun to... fact, Jimmy and Jay Uso were in that battle royal. Oh yeah. And Drew McIntyre. So we're seeing some uh modern names pop in there. Yeah, Daniel Bryan was also in that match too, and our truth. So, I hope they got double paychecks. They better have. That's a lot of work. <laughs> well, that just made me realize that there may have been people in that match that I uh, that I missed for the in memoriam. I don't know. Hopefully not. Let me just double check. Uh, I don't. It. I don't think so. I think they're all they're all still kicking. Oh, Trent Beretta's in it too. Hell yeah, Trent Beretta. Zack Ryder. Yeah. It's a fun, it's a fun little little thing to see, like way back in the yeah in the day here. Davy Boy Smith's kid. Sorry, just looking through all the names here. Evan Bourne, William Regal, Ted DiBiase. Yeah, look at that. Anyway, yeah, I think that's Ted Junior. They should they should denote oh, that Ted Junior. Yeah. So the first actual match that we see is Alberto Del Rio with Ricardo Rodriguez and Brutus Clay versus Edge, who is the champion, with Christian. Uh, it is the World Heavyweight Championship match, so we're just right out the gate. Let's let's throw a belt up there. What do you think? Yeah, and I'm already struggling to focus. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just it's just so much intro, and then you know, and then we're faced with Alberto Del Rio versus Edge for a World Championship as the opening match of this card, and uh, but it is again fun now to see Brodus Clay. Who is now the current NWA World Heavyweight Champion over there with a uh, Billy Corgan and his crew? Yeah. So, but I I really wanted to mute it. <laughs> the most interesting part of this one is the the Rolls Royce that Alberto Del Rio's in. Like the things, yeah, I think's gorgeous. Um, 
But the crowd is dead for this already. No, like, they don't care. Mm-mm. And Rio is doing a great job taking some really great tough bumps for Edge in this match. And then uh, Del Rio like springs up to kick uh, Edge in the face on the top rope. Like That was impressive. And then there's this a spear out of nowhere to finish it. Thanks, Edge. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, no, it's uh, he has a hold on uh, on Del Rio, and Del Rio sort of rolls out of it, and Edge just like comes back around with a spear. Very weird. Um, yeah, it's a very not dramatic finish to the match. Mm-mm. And then Edge beats the shit out of the car. Yeah, and I don't like Alberto Del Rio either as a heel, but like. That's a really nice car. Maybe don't do that. And that's that's heel tactics, and he's not turning bad guy. Yeah. And the crowd, you can tell that the crowd's kind of like, mm. <laughs> this ain't why, it, chief. <laughs> why are you doing that, Edge? This doesn't make sense. You're the good guy, and you're wrecking the dude's really nice car. And, like, Del Rio is standing there, like, almost crying. And, like, you're suddenly sympathetic for the for the heel. Like, what is happening? Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> You're better strange. than this. You're it's better than strange. this. So the best part of this one is after the match, um, Cole is in his little box there, and he's talking trash to Lawler, and he's Lawler, and he's throwing, like, half-assed punches. And Lawler just goes, you are a moron. A moron. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> the way he says it. I kind of want him to call me up and, like, leave that on my answering machine. Yeah, dear Lawler, please call me. <laughs> please call me a moron. Um, the next match is uh, is Cody Rhodes. Look at that. Yeah, versus Rey Mysterio. Some familiar faces. Yeah. Uh, there's zero pop for Cody. No one cares. And then Rey Mysterio comes out dressed as Captain America, and it looks weird. <laughs> I sort of like it. Um. But this is Moody Goth Cody. He's got dark hair. He's got like a black leather hoodie. He's got this face mask from uh, Mysterio whacking him with a six one nine. But there's they show the replay and he, he's like, "There's clearly nothing wrong with his face." No. Even though the announcers are like, "Oh, he needed reconstructive surgery." I'm like, um, no. yeah. It's like when they finally unmasked Kane and they're like, "He's hideous." He. Like, this looks like a dude. Oh. <laughs> I don't see, I don't see an issue. Um, not that like Glenn Jacobs is like super handsome or anything like that, but like he looks like a dude. Like, yeah, yeah that's a guy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's like a he's like a four. Yeah. Like, he's not like a Hunchback of Notre Dame, you know. No. <laughs> uh, Cody Cody looks really lean, and uh, but they're moving really slow for a Rey Mysterio match. So I think Rey's knee injury must have been kind of legit because they are not. And we know Cody can go, so it's kind of kind of weird seeing this kind of like slow pace out of out of Mysterio. At some point, Michael Cole, I think it was, mentions that WWE has a board of commissioners. And they granted Cody permission to wear that mask during the match. Oh, yeah. I wrote that down, too. It says it's legal and approved by the board of commissioners. Like, that's not a thing. Who are they? <laughs> They're just suddenly pulling a board of commissioners out of nowhere. It's probably like it's, uh... Jimmy Snuka, <laughs> Don Morocco, and like Roddy Piper. 
And Pat Patterson. And, and is Captain Lou Albano still alive at this point? Maybe <laughs> sure. maybe he's on the maybe he's on the board of commissioners too. And Nikolai Volkov and they sit there with a little gavel. Yes, he can wear the mask. It's like the the beefiest, <laughs> most incomprehensible um Illuminati meeting you ever imagine. Yeah. Like I don't know what anybody's saying up there. I don't know. Yes, uh, Cody's like looks really skinny here and he's he's kind of generic in his look, but you can tell he knows what he's doing. He knows how to work. The other thing this match really brought home to me is what a mistake that neck tattoo was. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Po, uh, pre pre neck tattoo Cody looks like a normal person. Yeah, he doesn't look like a maniac. No, no. there's the no board, way that thing felt good getting. The board of commissioners should have weighed in on that. I know. <laughs> the board of commissioners shouldn't have allowed him to re-sign with WWE years later. It's like that neck tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a thing where. Um, Mysterio takes the mask and kind of makes fun of Cody with it. And then the ref takes away and while he's distracted, Cody takes Ray's knee brace and clocks him with it. And then he gets the crossroads and the win. So they kind of flip their gimmicks there and have a dirty win for Cody. Um, yeah, good. I like that finish of that match. Yeah. I didn't like that one. So that was like the one fast part of the match. Like that was the one, the one part that was like bang, bang, you know? Yeah. Everything else kind of dragged a little bit. Um, there's a bunch of nonsense next. Um, it's Big Show, Kane, Kofi Kingston, and Santino Morella versus The Core. And that's, if you're not familiar. Spelled with two R's. Two R's, right. Um, <laughs> I don't, did it stand for something? I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's Ezekiel Jackson, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, and Wade Barrett. Remember Wade Barrett? Yeah. I mean, he does decent commentary. Yeah. Uh, it's an eight-man tag team match. Comes out of nowhere. It doesn't make <laughs> sense. I did note that they build Kofi uh, Kingston from Ghana, West Africa, like it's a city. <laughs> no, that's a whole country there, WWE. You should probably mm-hmm. uh, be a bit more specific and respectful. Wasn't he Jamaican before that, though? Um, I think so. But, well, I mean, that was his gimmick to be from kingston jamaica at some point but he actually is from kumasi ashanti ghana so um they're being more realistic by saying that he's from ghana west africa but can you know can we treat it like a like a real country and like you don't say like mexico north america like you don't give the country and then the continent you give a city and then a country it's from guatemala central america yeah, thanks. It's a little bit racist. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my notes are kind of random. There's there's big fireworks, like literal fireworks, but not much pop at all for Kofi's entrance. No. Santino walks like he has to take a shit. Like, I'm not sure what that's all about. Like, he had the bran muffin and two cups of coffee and then, like, parked, like, just a little too far away, you know? Yeah, uh, every single time we see him, I check to make sure that he's not related to Gorilla Monsoon. Because <laughs> of the last name. But yeah. He's not. Uh, I, I noted that this was um, the biggest I think we've seen Big Show look physically in this match. Yeah. And um, I don't know how I, I... I've never been sold on him just having a really big knockout punch for a win as his, as his finisher. Uh, I just... Yeah, this is a bad match. And then... <laughs> Uh, Slater eats eats the the cobra bite from Santino, which is just him bending his arm at the elbow and then p- 
poking at you like uh if if you watch bluey uh like sean sean the emu uh which is just bandit's arm um uh sorry that's a deep cut there for yeah, some yeah i don't people. watch that but i yeah I, I respect it whenever the kids say they want a pet he just pretends that his arm is an emu and behaves badly um and then uh, Slater takes the big punch from the big show and Slater sells the hell out of it. Like it's impressive. Like it looks really good even in slow-mo with what he did. Like he rolled his eyes back and like went emotionless in the face because he just took a knockout punch. It's good. It was a good, I liked, I liked him selling, but that's the only thing I liked out of this match. Yeah. I wonder what happened to good old uh, Heath Slater. I have to look him up and see where, see what his deal is. Oh, he's in Impact these days. Is he? Yeah, who knew? Well, I'm sure he did. He's from West Virginia, Pinesville, West Virginia. I didn't realize he was in WWE from 2006 to 2020. Jesus. 14-year run in WWE. Like That's a long time. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that wraps up um, The Rock is backstage with women's champion Eve, who notably is not wrestling on this card. Um, yeah. Whatever. What? Um the Rock offers her a squeeze of his bicep, and I was disgusted and jealous <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> He's still like a normal-sized human here. Like this is before the uh, the Fast and the Furious movies, and he where he looked like he consumed uh, like another person. Yeah, he at at that this point he's only eating one dozen eggs a day and i don't think he's gone to the cod diet yet because that's that's what the rock does is he just eats like dried cod five dozen eggs and some cod like jesus dude have some, have a carb have a is, carb you need it is that real is that yeah just... he's on some sort of cod diet where like he eats fish like every meal i bet he smells awful to be around probably and then uh may young shows up here yeah <laughs> this is a great spot for her too and she yeah. he calls her the divasaurus <laughs> and he says he introduces her to eve he says you know like your childhood friends adam and eve yeah um, yeah it's so good she slaps his ass on the way out the door which <laughs> yeah she's, she's fucking great and she says she wants the people strudel <laughs> god bless may young what a what a trooper she was um and then the rock says uh was it, it couldn't have been anyone else coming around that corner anyone else and of course he turns around and there it, it's stone cold and uh I, I wet my pants a little bit yeah this is a this is the most intense moment of the whole show is that the rock and stone cold have this face off and stone cold is like giving like a jake the snake style rock like real soft spoken and when stone cold is soft spoken it's so much scarier. <laughs> it's so much scarier. Like you're used to like the, the head shaking and the screaming and I don't give a damn. And then like, he's just like rock. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's like when your dad got so mad at you, they couldn't even yell anymore. You're like, Oh yeah. no, this is I'm not good. Disappointed. I'm just yeah. tired and disappointed. Yeah. So, so not to go off on too much of a tangent here, but have you watched stone cold's new show on, um, Whatever the hell channel it's on A and E, I think. No, I haven't watched. <laughs> <laughs> so look, why not? You're what you're playing Zelda or whatever. But um, it's, it's I'm raising Stone, a child. It, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, Stone Cold takes on America or something like that, 
and it's it's basically just him riding around in an RV and meeting people and just doing like dumb shit, like riding in a um, whatever, doing oh they were doing um, you know drifting cars, and he was serving burgers at a drive-through and throwing axes. So it's, it's like that Larry the Cable Guy show that was on years yeah, and years ago, but they just replaced bit. him with Stone Cold. But it's so delightful because he's just like he's just like so happy to be anywhere <laughs> like he's like an old guy that doesn't get out of the house you know and it like even a trip to walmart is like a good time yeah. you know and the more i listen to his old old podcast the more you realize how much stone cold was a character yeah like he was so good as that character that you really believe that that's how he is yeah. and there is a little bit of truth to it but like you get him out, he talks about how much he loves his wife and, 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 you know, just loves being out in the country and like he lives at 317 Gimmick Street and, you know, just there's, there's just something ab- about how he talks and, and that is, he's just so delightful. And you, you can yeah. even see it come through later on in this event. He is, yeah. since his retirement from in ring work, he is just smiling and laughing and kicking everybody's ass every time yeah. he shows up. So yeah, he's he's downright genial. Um, so my wife actually likes the show. I think she even likes it more than I do. Like she's, it's just I don't know how many times I just laugh out loud at him. Just like and he gets all hyped up about it and he does his oh hell yeah and like and he cusses like a sailor, which I I appreciate. Um, so a lot of the show is bleeped out. But uh, anyway, it's a good time. This what did he do this week? Oh, he um he went for a ride in these like these lifted trucks that like haul ass across the desert um trophy trucks i hadn't heard of them before and then he went to some bar that had like a two pound hamburger that he couldn't eat it but his one production assistant did um and uh anyway it's fun it's a good time nice and uh anyway he could come visit me i don't know what we would do but we could come up with something you'd probably just be happy sitting in your backyard with a beer Honestly, we could talk about wine. I like to hear him pronounce Cabernet Sauvignon. He does like wine too. <laughs> he does. I know he does. <laughs> anyway, Stone Cold, call us. Uh, we definitely can't afford you on this show. So um, we'll be next... on your show then for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that would be a fun uh, episode. Come, come visit these nerds who have a podcast about yeah. wrestling. So we could drink beer and we go. Oh hell yeah! Be good times. Sorry. Beg him to stun us, <laughs> please, please. Oh my God, please do it. Uh, sorry, back to the show. Yeah, who's next? Randy Orton. Oh, uh, we got uh, Orton, right? Versus yeah. CM Punk. CM Punk, and the new Nexus is barred from ringside. Ooh, fine. Sure. <laughs> um, there's a, there's a video recap, of course. I do like that CM Punk calls him Randall. That makes me laugh a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um. And CM Punk is gold in this time period in WWE. Like this is this is him. This is super. super he's super creative. He is intense, and he brings great ring action at this point. So, um, yeah, I under I I watching this. I kind of get now while everybody is so excited about him still. So, yeah, no, he he gets it for sure, right? It's like nobody wants to see you just at a at an eight you know you like you got to turn it up <laughs> yeah and he definitely every time he turns it up so um this match is all right um 
He's uh, Punk's working on the injured knee of Orton for most of the of the whole thing. Um, Orton does a great job selling that leg injury. Yeah, there's a sign that says Orangeometer, uh, rating <laughs> rating their uh, spray tans top notch. That's really classy. Yeah, Randy's Randy's extra orange in this one. Um, I don't know if there are any moves you want. I have the finish here, but I didn't know if there are any moves you wanted to um, yeah. um, call out. I th- I thought it was incredibly creative. Uh, the um, Punk did like a shoulder breaker, but onto his onto Orton's knee. So like he took his knee, but did like a shoulder breaker on it. Like it was oh, like a mate, and they made it look like his knee bent the wrong way a little bit. Like like it made you uncomfortable. Uh, the other thing was that uh, CM Punk uh, locks Orton in the figure four around the ring post, a la Bret Hart, but the crowd woos like it's Ric Flair. Like no, come on, people. That's Brett's dirty move where yeah. like you've pissed him off so much. He wants to cripple you by putting you in the figure four around the ring post. That, that wasn't, that was never flair's move. Um, there's a lot of great, uh, mat, uh, exchanges and reversals happening on the mat rolling around. Um, and then, but Orton continued to selling that leg. So he can't land that, that the, uh, the punt, uh, thing which I thought was the stupidest wrestling finisher I had ever seen in my life, and actually it was my beginning of the end of the remote, remotely enjoying Randy Orton's work was when he started doing that. Yeah, um, yeah. that's it. That's that's it. Yeah, you know. Orton um, Orton catches Punk off of a springboard clothesline and and wraps him into the RKO for the win. I thought that was a pretty good finish. Yeah, it's um, a good one. Yeah, that's a decent match, actually. I like that one. Um, and uh, Lawler delivered a brilliant line at the beginning of this match. And Michael Michael Cole was saying some stupid bullshit, uh, as he has through this entire show. He is insufferable as a heel and not in a good way. Uh, and Lawler says, I could agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. <laughs> I think that's on a coffee mug. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Yeah. That's a good old-fashioned saying. I feel yeah. like like Lawler pulled that one out of the Memphis territory for everybody. You know, <laughs> like when they sell it on one of those little wooden signs that they sell at Walmart. You know, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, good, good match. Best one of the show so far, I would say. Um, now the Rock is backstage with Mean Gene. I was excited to see Mean Gene. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> he says. He says that John Cena's number one fan is coming. This is so fucking weird. He says that John Cena's number one fan is coming to confront The Rock, and he turns around, and it's Pee Wee Herman. In the year of our Lord, 2011, it's Pee Wee Herman. Like, post-movie theater jerk-off. Yeah. Well, Um, and even um, post-MTV awards where he made a joke about jerking off. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. um, He's long past... I'm gonna. We just I, keep, I keep guarantee t- half that crowd goes. Who who the hell's that who the guy? Hell was that? Yeah. You know they so they don't weird. remember seeing his comedy special with Phil Hartman as a dirty sailor. You know so they don't weird. remember Lawrence Fishburne as the cowboy. You know they don't know this. They don't they don't get it. So, <laughs> uh, I, and this is like the only celebrity WWE like wheels out for this event is Pee Wee Herman. Once again, in the year of our Lord, 2011. <laughs> 1986? WrestleMania 2-ish? Sure. Yeah, Pee Wee Herman 
is hot and you can roll him out like he's 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 a comic at that point so yeah that makes sense <laughs> 2011 2011 Pee-wee's when did Pee Wee Herman Pee Wee's Big Adventure comes came out in 1985 uh, so the show had already been on by that point um, hold on this is this is everyone's favorite part of the show Pee Wee Playhouse had been canceled for 20 years at this point <laughs> oh his scandal was 1991 so this was Right, 20, right. When yeah, the Playhouse got canceled, <laughs> it's been yeah. twenty years since he had done anything relevant. Maybe at this point, he had done a couple cameos on uh, Reno Nine One One. Maybe at this point, I'm not sure on the timing mm. of that because he 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 plays a detective that all the cops worship on that show, and then turns out he's the actual murderer. <laughs> so so he appeared uh, on um, Saturday Night Live in 2011 in January of 2011. So that would have been a couple months before this. And then the year after this, he was on an, um, on a season of top chef. <laughs> just, so, oh, sorry. <laughs> just so you know, Oh, WWE, you're doing great. You're, you're doing, doing great. great. Work. You're doing great work. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he, he then calls mean Gene a tool. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I'm going to put it out there. I kind of like the second uh, Pee Wee Herman movie. The one with the circus Pee-wee's... Um, yeah, Big, Big Top Pee Wee. Yeah. yeah. I liked all of them. Anyway, so that's a thing that happened on pay-per-view. $40. <laughs> we do get to see the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. That's always nice. Well, we don't see the ceremony. We just get well, the introduction of them. Sorry. Yeah, actually, this is really cut down, I noticed. Yeah, um, yeah. We can talk We're about lucky that. we got the Fink even coming out to introduce him. <laughs> yeah, so Finkel comes out to introduce him. This year's class is Abdullah the Butcher, Sonny, uh, uh, Road Warrior Animal, and Paul Ellering, Bullet Bob Armstrong. <laughs> Here's another good one. Drew Carey. Um, uh, he had been involved in some angle at one point. Okay. Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Shawn Michaels are the... Uh, yeah, so there's no video from the um, ceremony or induction event. There's no guests or entrances for the Hall of Fame inductees. They're just standing on the stage on their star on their stars, basically waiting for their names to be called, and then they wave. And that's that's it. Yeah, uh, that's right. Now I remember. I remember now. I, a little Googling has refreshed my memory that Drew Carey was in the 2001 Royal Rumble. Oh. Eats it from Kane, because that's who <laughs> always beats up the celebrity, is Kane. And then uh, eliminates himself. Hmm. That gets you in the Hall of Fame. Good to know. Demolition being one of the longest reigning tag champions ever. Does not get you in the Hall of Fame. We're still bitter about this, folks. Demolition, call us. Barry Dorso doesn't get in by himself. Yeah. Bill Eady doesn't get in by himself, despite tagging with like Andre the Giant and being the masked superstar and one of the one of the machines. And like the dude, <laughs> the dude deserves it. Give it to him. Yeah. Anyway. And. It's nice to see Abdullah the Butcher go in, and I. There's been news actually recently that's kind of heartbreaking about him that like he's so out of money that like he had to sell his WWE Hall of Fame ring. 
oh, like yeah. make rent and That's stuff awful. like that. So yeah, yeah. Does so. he still have his? I wonder if he still has his. Didn't he have a barbecue place? Was that him? Uh, I'm not sure. Not sure. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah. There's some good names here. I mean, the the Road Warrior, obviously, um, and Abby Bullet Bob Armstrong's a big deal. We've seen him on some uh, earlier shows. Um, Hacksaw Jim yeah. Duggan and Shawn Michaels, but just kind of a lackluster. Uh, and Hall of his fame. son is the referee of one of the matches tonight, I believe. Oh yeah, Bob. Yeah, in Triple H versus Undertaker, Scott Armstrong is the referee. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> I think he has a couple of kids who went into the business, um, and I think we've seen them on some of these other shows, actually. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Road Dog Jesse James is one of his oh, kids right, too, right? Right, right. Yeah, and there's a, there's there's one or two others. Alrighty, uh, moving along. Um, so, oh, Jesus, Michael Cole yeah. with Jack Swagger versus Jerry the King Lawler, Stone Cold Steve Austin, a special guest referee. Um, Jim Ross and Booker T come out to do the announcing for this one. Um, I eh, I don't know. He's he, he's cutting half. Uh, Rich is sleeping on the mic, guys. I'll just keep no, talking. I'm gonna try I'm to. Just so sad. I'm just. Gonna, I'm going to try to keep my voice soothing so he doesn't wake up. Um, he, he cut some promos on Lawler and his barbecue sauce like a jerk. Um, Stone Cold rides his ATV down during the <laughs> for the entrance. Yeah, he's a maniac. Cool. <laughs> uh, Michael Cole is getting serious go-away heat from the crowd. It's not, boo, you're a bad guy. We don't like you, boo. It's like, get the fuck off our screen get out of the ring we don't want you here we're tired of you talking we're tired of you being trying to be a character we're tired of it it's terrible get out <laughs> and lawler rolls down to the ring in his old-fashioned uh in his old like early to mid 80s memphis gear and it's so great yeah uh, he looks legit, and it, it's such a shame, honestly, to to have <laughs> such a talent wasted on this garbage. This is um, Jerry Lawler's WrestleMania ring debut. <laughs> oh no, that's terrible. <sighs> um, like, like I would prefer him to have at least been in like the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle yeah. Royal over this. You know, even if he's like the first one out after Hillbilly Jim, like whatever this. Why are you doing this to Jerry Lawler? <laughs> so um, this match lasts thirteen minutes and forty eight seconds. Now that's just the match, not the not the pre show, not the um, yeah. aftermath, etc. For for point of reference, it is the third, well, maybe fourth longest match on this program after the Undertaker and Triple H, um, the Miz and John Cena, Randy Orton and CM Punk. Than than this match, it's longer than Cody Rhodes versus Rey Mysterio. It's longer than the an Edge versus Alberto Del Rio, um, and it's longer than some of the other runs that are really short. Like it goes on forever. There's only one spot that I like, and it's the very opening of the combat, and it's where uh, Cole suddenly tries to negotiate a peace and reaches his hand out through the coal mine air hole. To, to shake Lawler's hand and Lawler grabs his hand and then starts pulling him and banging him against the glass repeatedly. <laughs> uh, I thought that was clever. I thought that was good. It's fun. It gives you a good aura to this match, but then it just becomes soul draining. 
you just oh my god why is it still going yeah stone cold can't save this match there's a you're an asshole chant during it uh I literally wrote, my wrestling soul is dying watching <laughs> this again. I like I was in near tears because Lawler, you know, besides my like personal love of Jerry Lawler, he is it's a pun, but he's wrestling royalty. You know, he has the best mind for the business for a long, long time. He got it with Andy Kaufman and he had great rivalries with everybody. And, uh, he really worked to help with Bret Hart in, in his like mid run in the nineties. Like that feud with Bret was amazing and the whole Hart family stuff. And you finally are going to give him a match on WrestleMania and this is how you thank him. <laughs> this is what you do. You put him against another announcer. Like, and it's clear that, that Lawler can still go. He is ready to go. Yeah, it's a, the whole thing's a waste. Um, and then you got to give it a dusty finish. <laughs> oh God! And it's even worse because there's a, a fake, obviously fake sequence with a laptop, and for some reason the new mail notification is piped through the arena PA. Like that's not a thing that happens. Um, he says that uh, he's gotten an email from the Raw general manager to say that because Austin interfered, Jerry has been disqualified, and therefore Michael Cole is the winner. Austin throws his beer, and he's pissed, and the crowd starts a bullshit chant. That was probably the best part of the whole thing. Yeah. Do you not remember watching Monday Night Raw during this time period? I did not watch Monday Night Raw during this time period. And the the uh, anonymous Raw GM, which was obnoxious, and like it would just be like every night that that raw podium would be sitting there with a laptop on it and that sound would suddenly happen be like all right here comes some stupid shit you know kind of every time every time and then they would try to speculate about who it is but you know whatever it's stupid it, it was horrible ever, i don't yeah this is not when i was watching did they ever reveal who it was i'm gonna give you a guess okay is there a hint no, this is Stephanie McMahon. No, it's way worse. <laughs> is it? Um, let's see, Raw 2011. It's not Teddy Long. It's Hornswoggle. <laughs> oh Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. That's not true. Is that really true? That is true. They revealed it on June on July eighteenth, twenty eleven, and they ran this for thirteen months. By the Jesus way, Christ. The anonymous GM took over on June twenty first, twenty ten. Long term storytelling, people. That's where it's. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the who shot Jr. of two thousands uh, WWE. That's fucking awful. Yeah. I'm sorry, America. All right. Um, there's the WrestleMania Access promotion. They show all the shit that they did all week. Golf tournament, reading competition at the public library. I like that part. Apparently, they went to the Senate and talked to the state Senate. I don't know. There's yeah. an art show. There's art, an auction. Art, art auction. Yeah. Uh, we're getting there. Hang in, folks. You'll be all right. Uh, we did it. You can do it. The runtime on this one was... Um, what is the runtime on this one? I, didn't I think it's like down. three hours, 55 minutes. Jesus H. Yeah. So yeah, you stick with us. You'll get through this thing in like 
50 minutes. Jesus, Triple H Christ. That's <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he is facing The Undertaker. Uh, it's a no-holds-barred match. Uh, I think mostly just because they're both like old guys and it's kind of like one of those, this town ain't big enough for the both of us thing. Is that is that the deal? Uh, so this is long-term storytelling. So uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker have been having this rivalry for several years at this point. Uh, Sean just can't get past the Undertaker and has now been retired by the ta- by Undertaker. Yeah. Um, At twenty six, so, right? Right, and so uh, Triple H is now stepping in, trying to help with the honor uh, of the whole thing. the The video promo explaining this whole thing with the Johnny Cash music, excellent, top notch, best production of the whole show is is the lead in video for this. Um, but then Triple H tries to out Undertaker, the Undertaker, with his entrance. He's got two songs. He is surrounded by a Testudo shield formation of Roman slash Celtic <laughs> barbarian warriors. Fake legionaries or whatever. And then, like, they disperse, and you see Triple H in, like, a skull mask and a weird, like, iron crown and chain mail. And then the lights go out, and then it says Triple H, and it's, are you ready for the game? Blah, 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 blah. And Lemmy's hitting it, you know. And he, and he rolls out. And then, like, The Undertaker, his music just starts, and he walks out. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's the most subdued Undertaker entrance that we've seen yet. Well, and they've yeah, they've kind of swapped because the uh, old West Undertaker is sort of back here. He's got the yeah. hat and the coat. He's lost the fake biker gimmick. Um, Triple H is the fake biker now, at least in that that video package. He's got all kinds of leather yeah. and chains and stuff. Um, they both just look old. Like uh, it's just I don't know. Yeah, but Undertaker's like a whole generation older than Triple H. So Taker is old. Triple H is just <laughs> kind of looking old. Um, but that doesn't stop them from having like a hell of a good match. They beat the snot out of each other uh, pretty yeah. early on in the match. Somebody in the crowd yells, "Break his neck, Triple H!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that ain't sporting. Uh, the only thing, so like, I noted that like perhaps the tame entrance from Taker was because like so Undertaker's entrance has always been done as kind of like an intimidation factor like oh it's spooky it's scary you don't know where the guy's coming from what the guy's gonna do but like it's like maybe he knows that it won't work against the cerebral assassin Triple H and so he just has to come down and beat him and so they just play the music and he walks down you know so yeah I mean they got some storytelling going on here and like You know, uh, Triple H doesn't go for the for the old school rope walk that Taker always does. He doesn't put up with it. He rips him down, makes Taker look really vulnerable. Uh, some fan gets a souvenir TV monitor because <laughs> they they almost immediately strip down the Spanish announce table, and Triple H tosses the monitor over the barrier into the into the crowd like give that fan a contract he's taking that one home yeah <laughs> that one's his i would still be watching <laughs> wrestling on that in my bedroom if i had gotten that that monitor <laughs> like triple so, h gave me this yeah <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of like old dudes um taking turns doing stuff to each other in this one um yeah 
it is and it's the it's the story that they're selling right is that these guys are just two old warriors you you can't you can hurt them but it's it's going to take a while um there's this kind of scary spot where undertaker does his dive over the top rope and Ooh, damn near yeah. lands on his neck like well that's the one where like that's the exact same mirror spot of like the one that like jimmy snooker's kid failed to catch him as the as the as the cameraman that you that sean pushes in front of him and then he moves and doesn't catch him so undertaker just lands on his top of his head yeah, uh, i i did like triple h spearing uh, undertaker into michael cole's box which then disintegrates into nothing and that's incredible uh just crumples up um you know and uh triple h is doing a lot of things that like is making taker look gassed early so it's like yeah, Undertaker's old, man. You can't keep fighting. He's not immortal, you know, unlike the showcase of the immortals, but he's not. And so it's like really good. It's, it's, there's some good storytelling happening through this whole match. Um, Triple H gets back body dropped off a table, which is ouch, terrifying onto the outside of the, outside of the ring. It's just all, all scary. Like a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, there's, uh, let's see, they, so Undertaker gets DDT'd on a chair, um, catches, like, a couple of big pedigrees in a row, um, he, he slips, uh, this happens before that, but he, he slips Triple H into a last ride, um, and then Triple H kicks out, and then he tombstones him and pins him complete with the, the eyes and the tongue, you know, and so that's usually, like, that's the end, right, but, but Triple H kicks out, which, you know, never happens. Um, they, they're just trading finishes. Uh, Triple H gives uh, um, Undertaker some wax from a, from the chair across the back. I counted seven. Um, yeah. But then he's too there's tired. A, he wore himself out. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, now, the best thing of this whole thing is that JR is calling this match. JR doesn't talk constantly. He's not constantly spitting out facts. He lets this match and the action breathe. He doesn't talk a lot. And it's so refreshingly good. That is just it's I think it's JR's is calling it by himself too. I can't remember hearing any other voice with him during it because Booker T got stunned. Lawler's still in the back on oxygen probably. <laughs> and um you know, so cold stuff and doing jo- cocaine or whatever. Right. And Josh Matthews, you know, he, he hit the road once, once JR came out. So, uh, yeah, it's just, there's this quiet during this match and letting you take in the action and not overstimulating you, not over explaining the action to you, just laying in lines when, when it's helpful. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah, he does a great job. And one of the things that's got to me about this one is the crowd takes a little bit of time to warm up, you know, and like, but then by the time they're kicking out of each other's finishers, like that that crowd is popping like crazy. And when um, Triple H hits the um, tombstone on Undertaker and then does Undertaker's own pin on, on him uh, and then the Undertaker kicks out like that crowd is going nuts like and just, triple h does the stunned face that undertaker did yeah. when sean kicked out of it so he like even um falls off of him the same way that undertaker fell off of him earlier when triple yeah. h kicked out now if you notice that yeah kind of like off to the side a little bit um sort of awkward 
but uh but it makes taker look so old they yeah. keep like this it's so he looks decrepit is is the word that i used and like and like i know taker is getting up there but like it's definitely still very intentional that he's looking that way and so it's it's uh it's amazing oh lawler actually did join in on this match eventually um but like Lawler starts talking about how Undertaker's nervous system is destroyed <laughs> after taking these chair shots. And they're using the hushed and serious tones that, you know, they adopted when, when like a real tragedy Something happened. In really the bad happens. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, uh, like when, when like, like they're using the same tone that they kind of used when uh, Owen had his tragedy. And so, it's it's I don't like that they do that, but it's also it works too well. It works really well. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually, um, Triple H gets caught in that uh, that sort of fake MMA armbar thing that the Undertaker does and has to tap out. Uh, this thing goes almost thirty minutes total. Twenty nine fifty. Hold on. Twenty twenty nine twenty five total. Um, but it actually, it rolls along pretty well, I thought. Um, yeah. And the so. storytelling, even in that submission hold, is incredible. Like, Triple H f- had the hammer, and he drops it when he gets put into the hold, but then he finds the hammer while in the in the Hell's Gate, but he's fading, and he can't hold on to it, and he drops it, and he's like, you can see his body slowly go limp and stuff like that. Like, it's... And it's really good. And then you just see him like slap Taker's arm like two or three times for the tap. And the commentary says nothing. Yeah. It's it's so perfect. Like they don't say anything. They don't say, well, Taker goes to 19 and 0. That's another wreck. Like they don't, nothing. It's silent as, as like everything yeah. is happening after post-match. They don't say anything. I like the camera work at the end too. So uh, Undertaker's laid out on the mat and um, Triple H is trying to prop himself up in the corner. He's bleeding from the nose. He's he's clearly worn out. He's gassed. He's he's exhausted. And he's, um, you know, in the shot, like sort of over Undertaker's body um, to watch these two. So it's like, it's like victory, but at what cost? You know, it's very dramatic. They checked Undertaker for a pulse. <laughs> They're also like putting their hands on his forehead. Like, do you think he has a fever? Like, what do you like? <laughs> He's got the flu. What's <laughs> happening? That's a little goofy, but uh, yeah. Wikipedia like, says uh, both these guys were fined afterwards for using the chair and violating yeah. the concussion policy. So that's a kind of interesting. Yeah, chair shot to the head is a big no-no at this point in in the game, uh, and. Uh, I timed it. Commentary didn't say anything for almost five minutes. Wow. They were dead silent through the whole thing. Take a and, fucking note, Michael Cole. Yeah. And like, I, I did note that near the end here, post-match, uh, Undertaker's like spasms were almost as bad as like the Hogan's <laughs> leg trembling stuff. It's almost as bad as that. Yes. Not quite. Um, but like they lift, undertaker off of a cart but don't put him in like neck stabilization or anything like that before putting him on the cart like if you're going to make it look real you got to put a brace on him 
You got to rock them onto the board yeah, and carry them down to the cart. On that thing, yeah. You can't just like kind of help them up and walk them to <laughs> to mm. the cart and then lay them down. Like, mm. but still, excellent drama, incredible storytelling between two. You know, showdown at the OK Corral here, basically yeah. happening. You yeah. know, two guys just going at it. They just go. Best match of the night, probably, right? Yeah, like, it's not really even close. So then we go from that to this is this is sort of a typical kind of tactic where they have one big sort of semi main event and then they throw a sort of a garbage match in between just to kind of let people breathe a little bit and then they come back with the the main event or the co main event or whatever you want to call it so the the disposable match in here the bathroom break match is uh, good old John Morrison along with Nicole Snooky Pulitzi from the Jersey Shore and Trish Stratus who has brown hair, so you know she's serious here, um, versus Dolph Ziggler and Lay Cool, which is Layla and Michelle McCool, who are teamed with Vicky Guerrero. So it's a six-person mixed tag match. Um, there's This is about as good as you would think it would be. I will say when Vicky Guerrero screeched, excuse me, for the first time, it freaked out my dog. Um, he didn't like that at all. He started barking at the TV. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, really the only note that I took was that uh, there was a sign that says, John Morrison smells of peach. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that was great. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Uh, yeah, and this is actually one of Michelle McCool's last matches. Yeah. Um. I noted that I hope this doesn't go more than five minutes, and it doesn't. Yep. And uh, none of the men were ever legally in this match. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. And it's like Snooky got the win off of a weird splash, and and I wrote down this is why no one takes this seriously. Yeah, it was awful. So they cut they cut to the cast of Tough Enough in the crowd. And you may remember Tough Enough. It was sort of a, a quote unquote reality TV show where people were training to be uh, pro wrestlers, and they put them through all kinds of shenanigans and maybe just maybe they'd get a contract right so it's kind of an interesting contrast you've got this woman from um jersey shore who's basically known for being drunk and obnoxious on tv um and you got all, all these people out here who are like trying to be athletes to to an extent you know but kind of like busting their asses um and all they have to do is like well you you don't really have to go through wrestling training you can just get on tv and act like a fool and Drink a bunch of booze and you'll right. get you'll get to be WrestleMania. That's a, right, right between the main events. It's awesome. Um, so and then we get back to the oh, we, we get the attendance announcement. announcement. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Seventy-one thousand six seventeen. That's uh, that's good. Um, and then the main event in quotes, I guess, uh, which is the Miz with Alex Riley versus John Cena for the WWE Championship. Um, the Miz has a has a chip on his shoulder because the fans don't think he belongs there. Uh, there's a sign alert that sort of puts a nice little punctuation mark on the on that and says, "Miz, your 15 minutes is up." <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but I noted that this was over 10 years ago, and he's still on TV, so his 15 minutes is clearly not up. Yeah. Yeah. This whole thing's a mess, and uh, <laughs> the sad angry girl fan meme actually comes from this era when uh, the Miz beat Randy Orton to take the title and like the WWE just puts out an inflatable awesome sign for the Miz like it's just like inflatable letters spelling out the word awesome did you get that at Party City 
Good budget for your champion. Uh, but then they roll out a gospel choir for John Cena, and then John Cena says, let us pray, yeah. and then they're praying. What? what the fuck? What is happening? Yeah. What? The other reason why I'm saying what is happening is that the Undertaker has the simplest entrance of the whole night. <laughs> yeah, there's some kind of weird long um, sermon thing over the oh over the entrance. And I, I don't long. know, like, I don't, what is happening? The referee, Mike Kyoto calls for the bell a solid 15 seconds after the bell already rang to start the match. <laughs> Good job, Mike. Everything's, everything's going great for this match. Yeah. So they, um, they both take a header over the security wall, and Miz's head kind of bounces off the white plastic ground cover out there. Uh, and I'm like, wow, that's a tough spot. And then they both just lay there, and they both get counted out. I'm like, are we really going to end on a double count out for... Uh, I mean, I was I was so happy. I was excited. Yeah, <laughs> like, wrap it up, wrap it up. Let's go home. It's a throwback, man. Like those early WrestleManias have all kinds of countouts and DQs and double countouts, and I ain't seen one of those in forever. I could not care less about this match. <laughs> um, yeah. I did. I was impressed by John Cena doing the Bobby Eaton leg drop from the top rope thing. Uh, but it didn't look nearly as good as Bobby Eaton's. How does that uh, not ram your butt bone up into your like brain? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and the crowd is not invested in this match at all. They don't care. And then there was a weird ref bump. I don't even yeah. understand exactly how Mike Kyoto got knocked out, but he does, and it seems that it was like fatal because like, <laughs> he is out, out, out. You killed Mike Kyoto. <laughs> right. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. And then, uh, what's his name? Riley, Alex Riley, maybe. I don't know. Gets in the ring, uh, and with a suitcase and, uh, knocks out, uh, Cena. And that's when the ref conveniently wakes up and immediately starts to count like immediately. <laughs> yeah. It's a mess. Uh, yeah. So Miz retains the rock beats up everybody in the ring just to, just for the hell of it. Uh, there is yeah. a sign that says Chuck Norris can see John Cena, which I liked. Nice. And uh, JR wraps up this show with the line, we all smell exactly what The Rock is cooking. <laughs> is it cod? Probably. <laughs> but The Rock really hasn't been relevant in wrestling for a very long time at this point. And yet the main takeaways from this show are The Rock and Stone Cold. Yeah. Like how? Like you haven't made anybody new. Yeah, this was a rough stretch. Again, I this was not a time when I was paying a whole lot of attention. And I think you know the few times that I did catch it on TV, I'm like, well, this is this looks bad. Um, so and 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 watching this sort of confirms that I made the right decision at the time. You know, probably. <laughs> I think we're we're approaching the period where I eased up on my watching as well. Yeah. So I don't know that we need to do best and worst and all that stuff. Um, the worst doesn't really matter. It's probably that mixed tag Snooky thing. Bullshit Snooky bullshit is yeah. what, what I wrote. Best match is Triple H versus Undertaker, but it's close. CM Punk Orton was pretty good as yeah. well, but Triple H Undertaker had the best storytelling and uh, most terrifying moments in it as well. Yeah. My other, my other shit or shit moment was that moment when The Rock turns around and Stone Cold is right there. <laughs> yeah, I think my oh shit moment is the uh, dusty finish on the Lawler Michael Cole match. Yeah, simply because I couldn't remember exactly how Lawler lost that match, and it made it ten times worse that I got reminded. 
I'm sorry. Um, yeah. If you want to talk about it off, off the air afterwards, I understand. We can. No, it's okay. Um, so. Yeah. Well, we did it. What we do you rate it? it? What do, what do you rate it? this one? Oh, yeah. I'd out give of it five. A, I'd give it a one and a half out of five, maybe. One and a half. Yeah. I think I think I'm sitting at a two and a half just because of the Triple H Undertaker. Yeah. Um, thing and like so, we're in this period where it's very formulaic. WrestleMania is extremely formulaic and is mediocre of the mediocre. So you have you have a host who does something, and then you have a bunch of somewhat meaningless matches. And then because what the Intercontinental title isn't on the line on this show, the tag titles aren't on the line, the women's championship isn't on the line, the the U.S. championship was on a dark match, so they don't really care about anything. They have two heavyweight championship matches. Uh, both of them are lackluster because they put the belts on the Miz and <laughs> Edge. They also can't even get any really good guest stars on this one. You have Snooki, you have and Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee, goddamn Herman. You have somebody. Um, I mean, not even like a like a musician that anybody of us remember uh, doing the um, what you call it, America the Beautiful, yeah. like. They don't roll out hardly any old timers for anything beyond the Hall of Fame stuff. Yeah. Then you have, and then you have the the show stealing Triple H versus Undertaker match. The at this point, the Undertaker match is stealing the show every time because he's the only one on the roster that still knows how to work and knows how to really rev up the crowd. He's of the old school, you know, that can get that can get heat no matter what, no matter where you put him, no matter what he's doing. People care about what he's doing. And then you follow that up with the either a women's bra and panty match, a women's royal, battle royal where they just have to fall out of the ring. They don't even have to go over the top rope or a weird mixed tag. And then you put the main event that really no one is invested in, the champ, another championship match. And then Stone Cold or The Rock come out and beat the crap out of whoever was in that match. <laughs> and JR goes, good by God. And then they go to the recap. Yeah, yeah, it's a mess. Uh, I think I just described WrestleMania's twenty-one through thirty. Okay, so we can skip the next couple, right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we have a very short in memoriam list uh, for this particular WrestleMania, but as we always do, we like to just take a moment to pay tribute to the men and women that we've seen who are no longer with us. So our in memoriam for WrestleMania twenty-seven from two thousand eleven includes May Young. Mean Gene Okerlund, Howard Finkel, Road Warrior Animal, and Bullet Bob Armstrong. So that's our show for today. We hope you enjoyed listening. We hope you uh, stick around and check out some of the fun stuff we have coming up with our VCW and other partners. We got some more guests in the pipeline too that we uh, we won't spoil just yet. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, if you like the podcast, again, you can drop us a cost of a cup of coffee at ko-fi.com slash all the wrestlemanians you can find us on the interwebs at all the wrestlemanians.com you can find us on social media at uh at wrestlemania pod on twitter of course uh, all the wrestlemanias on facebook instagram youtube rich is going to get some t-shirts up on t public um so check those out i get always get compliments on mine when i wear mine um so you can be cool like us having all the wrestlemanias logo t-shirt 
uh, help support the show. So anything else for today, Rich? No. I'm getting <laughs> IM'd that there's a spider, so I need to go kill it. <laughs> You're so brave. Thank you for your service. So, all right, folks, we're going to call it a night. So long, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.